What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. And we are going to turn our attention now to the stage where Three Girls Theater is in the midst of their New Works Festival. And this weekend is your absolute final opportunity to catch some of the phenomenal performances, readings, theater making that is happening as a result uh, of this production. We are joined by Tina Delia, a mixed race Mexican lesbian, queer identified feminist artist, performance coach, acting instructor, SAG after actor and award winning solo performer, casting director, executive producer and co-screenwriter. What's up, Tina? Good morning. Good morning, Cat Brooks. Oh, amazing, Cat Brooks. Great to be with you. Honor and pleasure to be with you. Hello. Th- thank you for coming back on the show. For those of you who missed thank it, you. Tina Delia was one of our uh, Resistance in Residence artists, and you can catch that in the archives of Law and Disorder anywhere that you stream pro- podcasts. We are also joined this morning by the phenom known as Janae Simon, an actor, director, intimacy choreographer based in the Bay Area. Um, also, Best of the Bay winner. In all of her work, she is dedicated to creating braver spaces where artists can be vulnerable and play. Simon has worked with the Aurora Theatre Company, Berkeley Rep, American Conservatory Theatre, Theatre First, and more. Janae is currently starring in the Three Girls Theatre presentation of Tasha at San Francisco's Z Space below until March 18th. Good morning, Janae. Good morning, Kat. Excited to be with you all here today. I, this might be, even though you're starring in a play, I, I, I wrote this conversation might actually be the most that we've gotten to engage through this entire process. So I'm very excited <laughs> I that I get to talk to you yeah. this morning. Janae has been busy bringing Tasha and all of the other characters in that show to life. We're going to get to Tasha in just a second. But Tina, I want to start with you. Talk about Three Girls Theater and its mission. Yes, Three Girls Theater's mission is to promote and present women's work on the stage where it belongs, and that's women plus work. And that means focusing on BIPOC writers and BIPOC, uh, queer, trans, non-binary, um, bi uh, writers and writers over 40. And Kat, we've been honored because you've been one of our playwrights, of course, which is phenomenal. And there are still three plays to see for our new works and three opportunities to see Tasha in our new work festival with three girls theater. And we're going to get to that in just a second. I have been a playwright. I've been a playwright. I've been a director. I've been an actress. Like I've really been able to just create right um, with three girls theater uh, where I am a resident um, program director and and playwright and actor. But Tina, talk a little bit more about why carving out space, particularly for women and particularly for women of a certain age uh, is so important in this industry that like worships youth at the altar of eating anything that is not young and gorgeous. Absolutely. Well, what was, really important back in 2011 when our founders, especially our founder, A.J. Baker, was was putting together Three Girls Theater and making it happen, which is phenomenal, is that she realized there was, first of all, so little plays written by women, uh, American theater, even if we were just to start there, um, fewer than 30% are produced in the mainstream by women, written by women, which is horrendous. And then when AJ looked around in our phenomenal Bay Area, who was producing any women writers over 40? And I absolutely think that the intersections of misogyny and ageism and 
uh, and the invisibility of what happens for women as directors, as actors, as playwrights, as producers in any field is complete erasure. So the imperativeness of Three Girls Theatre and the focus of making sure there's over um, folks that are over 40. We have we have playwrights that are over 40, over 50, over 60, over 70, um, which has been for me so life changing to see and so so much of the mission that I've always loved about Three Girls Theatre because we can put women's writing um, that are over 40 out into the stage and we have since 2011. Janae Simon, uh, not not just a women erased, right, just in general, but then when we start talking about black women erasure mm -hmm. and the ability to tell our stories um, on our terms, um, that 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 is a whole other hill to climb. And I wonder if you could just mm -hmm. talk about that a little bit as a black theater maker. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I was talking with some friends and just the idea of having a, a show that is written by a, a black female playwright and being able to uh, be directed by a black woman and just be in the room and our stage manager was black male, but, but just to have to have that space specifically carved out for these individuals and to be in that space, it was, this was such a, um, I mean, you know, the content is hard, but we are such a resilient people that we found ourselves in the room sitting in these moments and feeling the moments and, uh, but also laughing and having joy. And I think that there's so much power when you, when you center black women, so much power when you, when you uh, support black women, when you ensure that the artistic team is predominantly black or black female black. Um, so I think that there's like, that's incredibly important, just carving out that space and that support um, to tell these stories. Janae is talking about the production team for Tasha, which is right. It's it's written by me. Um, it mm -hmm. is directed by the the Dr. Iodele Ward Slanger in Zynga, uh, mm -hmm. Oakland's first poet laureate. It stars you. Um, the projection. Um, Tasha has a lot of projection. The the director of the projection is a is is a black human, Stephanie Johnson, who is the first. Mm -hmm. I've been in the theater since I was eight years old. We've now established that I'm over forty. Um, Stephanie Johnson, the first black female lighting designer that. I ever met, right? I've been working with her mm -hmm. for quite some time now. Um, it was it was really amazing, uh, right? To to yeah. know that that was who was holding this piece of work. Janae, what is Tasha about? So Tasha centers the story of Natasha McKenna, um, who uh, was killed in 2015. Um, after she she's a woman that was schizophrenic. Um, she lives in Fairfax County, Virginia. Um, and she uh, met her demise at the hands of, of police officers who, who tased her. This, this small, slight woman, you know, of you know, maybe five, four and 120 pounds tased her four times because she would not stop fighting because she, you know, she was, um, she was not acting in the way that they, they wanted her to act. And so it tells, tells her story, but it also centers uh, other black women and their their experiences. So it has an activist that is consistently hearing these stories of black humans being killed by the police and no um, no justice happening. Uh, and then it has Tasha's mother and the idea of like those who are left behind who are there to you know carry on the story. So it tells 
Tasha's story, but also really centers these these black female characters, um, and including other characters. So it's it's a, just a beautiful focus on on her life and her joy and and the death that she faced uh, at the hands of police officers. You know, I used to to do the role, and AJ really pushed me right to to put somebody mm-hmm. else in the role. And y'all, I, I swear nobody else would ever say Tasha's words. And I am so glad that I backed up off of that because you say all of those words so brilliantly. And I've learned so much watching um, the, the the process, including um, adding adding some some elements to the show. I think when you started, there were seven mm-hmm. characters, and now there's ten. Um, talk about the process <laughs> of embodying all of those folks, including law enforcement, including white. Southern law enforcement mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. agents based on, on on real folks, right? So Stacey Kincaid, yeah. who is still the sheriff uh, of Fairfax mm-hmm. County, Virginia. Talk about living with all of those people in your body and, and, and how you've been taking mm-hmm. care of yourself through this process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, I mean, as an actor, I think I tend to be more fearless <laughs> on stage than, than in my real life, um, which sometimes gets me into situations because I'll say yes to things. I'll be like, this sounds great. Let's do it. And then, and then I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot. Um, but I was really drawn to this play, not only from, from the content, but also as, as an actor, the idea of being able to, as you said, to embody all of these different characters who move through the, the world in different ways and different perspectives. Um, and that was, that's something that I was talking to Tina the other day, and that's something that, you know, I really mm. invest in um, living in the moment in those characters and experiencing, mm. you know, whoever they are, it, even if it's, you know, even if it's the sheriff, even if it is the activist, uh, the more I can really feel them and be them on stage, the more they are there with me through the entire show. And I'm not just one person on stage, but I am the embodiment of these you know, 10 other characters on stage. So that is, that's something that is, um, that's really amazing. And, and just because it takes, it mm-hmm. takes up a lot of energy, you know, like as a, as a black woman, it takes up a lot of energy to, to hold all of that space. Um, and so I found that really investing in these characters because they are there with me, even though they are creations that um, they, they hold the space with me. But afterwards, I, I definitely, I love the fact that there have been amazing healers um, after the show. And I have, I have participated in many of those healings. Um, and, and then I, I take a hot shower when I get home every time. Um, uh, not only because I'm a little sweaty, but also just to, to have a ritual of washing the characters off of me. Um, and then I sit in whatever life and beauty I can find. And normally that has to do with looking at my plants. And um, and grounding myself back in back in who I am because that's I think the idea of like sustainability is it's a really big question as an intimacy director I I've been supporting others but this was this was a big challenge to to make sure I you know walk the walk and and try to take care of myself as best as possible so it is sustainable. Yeah, and we're, we're we're running out of time, but I I yeah, I will say that like doing Tasha for as many years as I did, not only could I not do her mm-hmm. anymore, like I I couldn't act for a while, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. so we 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 because often being a black actor means that we are like in our trauma, right? We're telling the stories mm-hmm. of what it means to be black in America, and that. 
takes a toll on folks. APTB has provided um, healers that are there almost uh, uh, at the end of every show with this commitment to processing Mm -hmm. uh, our trauma in order to be able to ignite people into action. And Tina, just as a theater maker, um, and I know that you've been at the show a bunch, talk about that, this idea of having healers in the lobby, Um, what, what that experience has been like, how you've seen audience interact. Yes. Oh, it's been phenomenal. Um, first of all, Tasha is such a transformational performance piece. I've never seen anything like it as a doc, as a docu-solo show. And then immediately the openness of when audiences come out into the lobby and realize that there's a healer there. And even if someone's unfamiliar, say with, uh, like when I went to the show again on Saturday with sound healing, just the transformational moment of going like, oh, you know, there's there's someone who's created space to take take care of us, and then also seeing Janae getting going with the healer as well. And trauma is we are all impacted by trauma. And to me, the fact that that this show is really is really to me like speaking to the heart of hearing a voice that we wouldn't that we wouldn't necessarily know Tasha but we're now getting close to Tasha's world this young black woman who is murdered by the police and to me I feel like how there is a process as artists and as truth tellers and as social justice folks to have that kind of care and healing and that this can restore and and actually what I find is that people stay in the lobby then we like we stay there hanging out afterwards people aren't sort of just rushing off um every time there are healers and there's folks will be like uh okay yeah i would love to um so that's been that's been really heartwarming and i'm so incredibly grateful that uh atpp has has supported us with healers yeah I was muted. We're really in the middle of this experiment at APTP, right? What does it look like to engage mm. in liberatory struggle with healing at the center, mm-hmm. at the forefront of every single thing we do? So, of course, as a social justice leader practitioner, right, this is something we wanted to explore there. Mm-hmm. Listen, I, and I know folks are listening to this and, and they're going, okay, but COVID is still here. Uh mm. It's the thought of packing myself into a theater, you know, with, with other folks. Tina, I'm just wondering if you could talk about the precautions that, that folks are taking. I mean, everybody has to, 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 to assess their own, you know, uh, risk levels. Um, but I just, just for folks that have the question, because I get the question a lot, like when I promote the show, what are we doing to keep folks safe? Yes. So everyone wears masks in the theaters and, um, and the, the staff has masks and all of the folks in the audience have masks. We put our masks on as soon as we get into the lobby. So we have, we have made sure that folks stay safe being masked inside of the below for all of our and shows. Yeah, and there's sanitizer, and then folks can sit every other seat yeah. apart. Um, mm-hmm. Sam okay. Hewitt calls it a riveting play, uh, stunning performances by Janae Simon. Um, I could not agree more. Tina, real quick in the last 60 seconds I have for this conversation, what are the final performance dates, um, not only of Tasha, but there's some other works that are happening. 
Yes, the final dates are Everyday Family by Nisha Taihimba. It's a Tuesday at 7.30 at Z Below. And Wednesday, The Pennsylvanian by Jennifer Roberts, 7.30. Burning Wild by Deborah Eisner is at 2 o'clock this Saturday, the 18th, followed by the honoring of our founder, executive director, A.J. Baker. And then, of course, mm. there's three performances to see Tasha. I'm going to see it a fourth time this Saturday. So three times for everyone to get tickets and join us in seeing this powerful, incredible play and performance. Saturday is closing night, and it will be followed by a talk back with myself. Hopefully, Janae will also join us on the stage, as well as the director, yeah. Dr. Ayodele Nzinga. Thank you both for getting up early and chatting with me this mm-hmm. morning. I will see you in the theater this weekend. We have been in conversation with Janae Simon, actor, director, and intimacy choreographer based in the Bay Area. She is currently starring in the Three Girls Theater presentation of Tasha at San Francisco's Z-Space Below until March 18th. We were also joined by Tina D'Elia, mixed-race Mexican lesbian, queer-identified feminist, artist, performance coach, acting instructor, SAG-AFRA actor, etc. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.